0: All right, this is Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco, 89.5 FM. This is Arab Talk with Justin Jamal. I'm Jess Ghanem. And this is Jamal Dajani. Jamal, we have a very complicated, long, interesting, dynamic show today. We have lots of news. We're going to be talking about the impeachment, kind of getting an update on the impeachment process in Washington, D.C., Uh, Only the third impeachment uh, hearing in the Senate in the history of the United States against President Donald John Trump. And after that, we're going to talk about what you're not hearing in the news. And as we're speaking right now with Donald Trump's impeachment process, the vice president, uh, Vice President Pence, is in Jerusalem as we speak, Jamal, at the 75th anniversary of the Holocaust remembrance And there's some interesting things coming out behind the scenes of why uh, Vice President Pence is in Jerusalem meeting with Prime Minister Netanyahu. I don't want to break the news too much to our listeners, but it looks like the deal of the century is being cooked up as we speak. And then if there's time later on, we're going to talk a little bit about the bombshell news about uh, MBS being implicated in a U.N. report at hacking the telephone of Jeff Bezos, uh, the head of Amazon, who also owns the Washington Post, and more information about how the crown prince of Saudi Arabia was instrumental not only in hacking the phone, but also the, the tragic uh, murder and assassination of Jamal Khashoggi. But, Jamal, let's start with just a very quick update about uh, impeachment hearings. Yesterday was a very, very important day because, uh, well, let me go back to Tuesday. Tuesday, the impeachment hearing started as many of our listeners know. Tuesday was the day that the Democrats submitted 11 different amendments uh, having to do with various rules and regulations and whether or not to call witnesses uh, early. Uh, and the whole day was basically consumed with two things, amendments being put on the floor and then the Republicans and the Senate voting them down. So that was basically an administrative day. The Republicans voted against all 11 amendments yesterday. Wednesday was the day that the Republican I'm um, the Democrat managers were able to finally make their case, not from a constitutional standpoint. That's today but from a fact-based standpoint, the grounds for the impeachment of Donald J. Trump. So for almost 12 hours yesterday, Jamal, you had all the managers, Adam Schiff, Hakeem Jeffries, you know, Zoe Lofgren, who's from Northern California, uh, who I thought did, did an amazing job presenting the case against Donald Trump. And whether or not you're a Democrat, Republican, not paying attention, independent, if you were paying attention, to what the Democrats uh, case against Donald Trump and they 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 painted a very detailed timeline of Donald Trump, his interactions with Zelensky, the behind the scenes holding up of the aid, the obstruction of justice, the obstruction of Congress, I could say. Um, If you were just watching this for the first time, the only conclusion you could come away with, Jamal, is that the, the case against Donald J. Trump is compelling is voluminous. And um, it's difficult to see how on a fact based basis that the Republicans could ever challenge the facts of the case. Well, here is the, sc- the scenario. Where
1: is this going to lead us to? And we talked about this last week right? If this is a trial, a real trial where Donald Trump will be found guilty and removed, which we know it's not going to happen because we don't. They don't have the votes, right? Or whether it is a public opinion trial. And it is. It is a public opinion trial. However, is it going to backfire? Yes. Yes. I mean, this is the question. Will it backfire? Or is it going to serve? The interest of the American people and the interest of the Democratic Party, because now supposedly millions of people are watching this trial. Uh, many of the people who actually are watching this trial are finding out things for the very first time. It gets very confusing, but because in- but including the senators, because you have all these accusations. You have this chronology that's being now. Uh, presented, you know, kind of uh, item by item. I don't know. I mean, I got exhausted to tell you the truth. I watched maybe yesterday two hours and it is very exhausting to watch two hours straight. So I usually wait until I get more analysis and so forth. So the question, I mean, you and I are in the news business and we are news junkies. What about the average American? is he paying or is he or she paying attention to everything that has been said or that people have already made up their minds, meaning all the Democrats or or Democratic candidate supporters. They've made up their minds about their candidates and all the Republicans. They don't care like most of them. They don't care whether the president of the United States violated the law. They don't care whether the president of the United States uh, uh, has lied and they're going to vote for Donald Trump uh, regardless. So the question now is
0: where is this going to lead us to? I think that's a very good question. I want to address your question about where do Americans stand? There's interesting polling coming out 47 percent 47 percent support the removal of Donald Trump 47 7 percent uh, do not support the removal of Donald Trump and 6 percent have no idea what's going on. So in some sense, I think you're right. If you think about it. You know, about 94% of the electorate of the population in general appear to have made up their mind. And and really, one way to look at this is that it's about 6% of the electorate that, you know, is one of the target audiences, the 6% who don't care, part of the 6% who aren't paying attention, part of the 6% who haven't made up their mind. But it seems like, in general, people have made up their mind about this. The other target audience, I think, Jamal, are the three or four senators. Now, it's unlikely, even with this voluminous, you know, fact-based information and timeline set forth by the managers of, of the, you know, of the House, which, you know, I've sat through a lot of legal hearings. I've, I've, I've heard a lot of presentations of facts. This was really pretty good, I have to admit. I was going into it very skeptical. The timelines, the information, the PowerPoints, the video clips, all of it was actually pretty good. But the second target audience, Jamal, are those four, five, maybe six senators who could still vote to bring uh, witnesses in after the case has been presented. So after the Democrats present the constitutional basis today for why they believe Donald Trump should be in, you know, removed from office tomorrow. Donald Trump's attorneys begin to rebut what the Democrats have said. We need four senators, Jamal, to vote for the possibility of bringing in witnesses like John Bolton, Lev Parnas, you know, Mick Milvaney. That's really what this is about.
1: So even with this, I mean, even if they have these senators, they bring more witnesses, but you still don't have the vote. You don't to remove the president. You do not so I even, believe. even even if these four senators also flip sides and vote with the Democrats, you still don't have the vote.
0: And that's why. To, I, and that's remove. why I think the, the real audience here is because it's unlikely even if there's more bombshell information and there's a lot of information that continues to come out every single day really what we're talking about, I think, is that six percent, given how close elections are in this country, given how split the electorate is, given how this is probably going to be a very close election, both in terms of the the general election and, uh, you know, the Electoral College, you know, Jamal, six percent uh, of the population is a lot of people. So even though Donald Trump most likely will not be removed from office, the the stain of being impeached will be there. And if this information comes out, you know, people running against Donald Trump will use this information. They want to hear what John Bolton says. John Bolton called it a drug deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mick Mulvaney is the one that called people at the OMB who called the um, Department of Defense and said, hey, don't release those funds to the Ukraine. If that information comes out, that may sway more voters. This is not about the Senate. This is about voters. It's about that 6%. It's about the 2020 election. That's the way I see it. Well, you're absolutely right.
1: It's about the about the elections. I don't know if it's going to backfire or it's going to play in favor of the Democrats. I think this is, uh, you know, playing for public opinion. It's also uh, useful when it comes to freedom of information, when it comes to uh, transparency that the American public uh, has the right to know what really happened because after these hearings are over, that's it. We're moving on. I wanted to segue from this a little bit to talk about the elections Because there is also a change that now we're seeing, even though the subject, the whole hearings are about uh, whether Donald Trump used his uh, power to uh, basically gather dirt on his main rival, at the time, main rival, Joe Biden. But it seems that Joe Biden is not anymore the main rival because I've looked at six, no, I looked at four polls, four polls in the past week showing Bernie Sanders leading two to three points. That's right. Nationally different different levels and some some are actually Ohio. Some are done by independent, for example, but every single poll two 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 interesting factors. Every single poll, the recent polls showed at least uh, Bernie Sanders leading by two points. Every single poll showed that all four or five leading Democratic candidates beating Donald Trump.
0: That's interesting.
1: Every single one uh, from from Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden, Pete Buttigieg, uh, Michael whole, Bloomberg, unfortunately. Whole, every single yeah. one. I, th- I looked at the, at least the first top four that if the elections were to be held today, those polls showed that they will win against Donald Trump. Now, these polls showed them winning as far as the popular vote, but
0: not the electoral vote.
1: Exactly. So this is just a popularity contest when they're polling people. Who would you vote for? Uh, I vote for Bernie Sanders. Who do we vote for? I vote for Donald Trump. This doesn't show the makeup of the three or four important states that we know the battleground states from Florida, Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin. It doesn't you know, this is where I'm curious. So we're back to square one. Well, we know because when you talk about the numbers are kind of like almost equal who wants to impeach Donald Trump and who doesn't want to impeach Donald Trump. Well, uh, people who are calling for his impeachment. That's part of the popular vote, which basically went to Hillary Clinton by uh, 3
0: million votes. 3
1: million votes. And then the others, of course, the ones who voted for Donald Trump. So we're back to square one. And so again, I want to see the strategy. I don't see the strategy about winning the elections because you are going to flip Florida. You are going to flip Michigan. You're going to flip Ohio and the battleground states. There is no strategy of whatsoever that at least for now that I have seen. Well, I think that's a really good point, and I think that's right. And the then one more point and one more point to this because I feel this is all connected. I feel there is a major issue just with the Democrats. I really think there is a major issue. What's that? The, then the third one is the bombshell that Hillary Clinton. <laughs> I mean, here she is Remains silent. Okay, she lost the elections. Yeah, she won the popular vote. She didn't win the electoral vote. She's no longer president. She comes out and says that no one likes Bernie Sanders. Like she's like bad mouthing. Now the front runner. It's very bad. I mean, this is The woman who led the party to its demise. And we can we talked about that intensively, including throwing Bernie Sanders under the bus now that he's leading. And then you are only few months away from the election. And actually, I have to hand it to Donald Trump. Donald Trump said that he said that just a couple of weeks ago. The Democrats are throwing Bernie Sanders under the bus again. And then here she comes a few days ago out of the blue saying that no one liked Bernie Sanders. He did nothing. He does nothing for the nation. You know, something totally uncalled for. So my question, why? What about the timing Are the Democrats again conspiring to throw the front runner now, the front runner leader, Bernie Sanders, so they can bring his poll numbers down
0: to bring Joe Biden back up? Well, Jamal, I think that that's a really good analysis and a very good point. Um, So let's take it point by point. Uh, Isn't it ironic that Hillary Clinton, whose negatives, the negatives in terms of polling. Basically, when, I, when you ask a voter, do you like or dislike the candidate, you may vote for the candidate, but you may not like them. Historically, in this last election, Jamal, nobody had more negatives than Hillary Clinton, you know, as running for a Democrat, than any Democrat has in recent memory. Her negatives, so to speak, her dislikability, um, you know, all the ways that you measure kind of likability, dislikability were off the charts. It's ironic that Hillary Clinton is saying that Bernie Sanders whose likability scores on all the polls when they poll voters always comes out higher. So why is Hillary Clinton doing this still? She has I would say delusions of grandeur still. She said a few months ago that she might consider running still. That was that horrified everybody every single Democrat. It it horrified everybody to imagine that Hillary Clinton would still consider running again in 2020 for the presidency. Second point, she hasn't come to terms with her her loss. She hasn't come to terms with how much she's disliked. She hasn't come to terms that she is really I hate to say this, but she's really in the 2020, you know, everyday Democratic Party. She's really nobody anymore. And she hasn't come to terms with it. I do worry about I'm going to make a little psychological point here. I do worry that the Democratic Party and Hillary Clinton is unconsciously sabotaging the race for 2020 yet again, which is one of the reasons I have predicted that there's a very good chance more than 50 50 that Donald Trump could easily win the electoral college again. He won't win the popular vote, but he could easily win the electoral college again. It's because Hillary Clinton and many of the big, how shall I say, us machinery of the Democratic Party, um, you know, uh, are acting really self-destructively right now. They are self-destructive. I mean. Uh- uh, I was hoping you answer it
1: a little bit differently aside from this. But I think also that there is a concerted effort by her to see Bernie Sanders losing and losing. Well, and, that's and, what and, she and, did last and, time. As a matter of fact, seeing anyone challenging Donald Trump losing to kind of uh, vindicate, vindicate her? herself to say, you see uh, here, you know, I didn't throw Bernie Sanders under the bus last time. Because he couldn't have won anyways he, but he they lost did this throw time. but they did throw the, Bernie Sanders well they threw them. him and she wants to show that he cannot win regardless by and by the way, she didn't do this just to Bernie Sanders she did this also to Tulsi Gabbard by basically saying that she's a traitor no calling her a Russian a Russian uh, well, asset. Th- well that's a traitor yeah and that's why Tulsi is suing her. I know. There is a lawsuit. And I think Bernie Sanders should do the same because she this this person. She needs to go. I, I just like go away. Please go back to sleep. No <laughs> one wants to hear from you because everything that you are coming uh, talking about is destructive. Yeah, Mem- and it's unhelpful.
0: Yeah memo to uh, Hillary Clinton. Actually, people do like Bernie Sanders. If look, you, look if you at, talk to voters look at actually they his like, rallies. They live on Donald Sanders, Trump.
1: They do. They, you do, know, as far as in, in in numbers. All right. So uh, let's uh, move to the other uh, big story.
0: Uh, this week there is a conference. Can I just set it up before you talk about yeah, it? Yeah, Sure. This is kind of a big deal, Jamal, because the reason this next story is a big deal is because as, as we do on Arab Arab talk, typically we talk about the news, but then we talk about what's not being talked about that's what makes this news really important. So yes, there's the 75th anniversary of the Holocaust remembrance and it's not taking place in Europe by the way. It's not taking place in Germany, it's not taking place in Poland, it's not taking place where the Holocaust actually occurred. It's taking place in Jerusalem. So right. that's that's an important point. The and what we'll, we'll talk about the 75th uh, commemoration and all that. But what they're not telling you, Jamal, and this is what I'm hoping you can. You can kind of talk a little bit about Mike Pence is there talking to Bibi Netanyahu, and there's a rumor that the grand Kushner deal might be resurrected. It's, is this more,
1: it's more than a rumor.
0: First of oh. all, let me
1: start with uh, talking a little bit about the fifth world Holocaust Forum convening ongoing now this week in Jerusalem to mark the 70 year uh, 70 years since the liberation of Auschwitz, which is, of course, we all know a terrible, horrific event. The Holocaust that happened in Europe with all these world leaders gathering and um, and what's the significance of this? It's very important to remember and to say never again, because this is what our Jewish brothers and sisters say all the time. Yes, the only thing is the tone and the direction of what's going on because everyone ought to commemorate the Holocaust and say never again and never again. You know that that it's actually mind-boggling that today anti-Semitism exists Islamophobia exists racism, xenophobia. However, looking at all all the world leaders gathered there, I cannot not help myself but think when I saw, for example, Putin. Okay, you know, this is a country where the pogroms happened. That's right. when. When I saw the president of Germany, that's where it all started when it comes to the Holocaust. France, the Dreyfus Affair and the Vichy government of France, thats right where basically Jews were gathered into in a football stadium and were handed over to the Nazis. That's right. All these countries and more are culprits to this horrific event. And this is where the world ought to be reminded that anti-Semitism is a Western concept and not a concept created in the Middle East or in Palestine or in Jerusalem. The other part is seeing Benjamin Netanyahu, as usually trying to le- leverage this event for political gain for political gains right. and go after Iran. Well, I'm sorry. I mean, do you know that the largest Jewish community in the Middle East outside Israel? exists in In Iran. Iran Iran. Yeah, okay. We have never witnessed millions of people led to concentration camps in the Middle East or in Iran. Never, but rather in Europe. So to try to deflect, of course, he's doing many things He's deflecting just like Donald Trump is trying to deflect from his legal issues and try to kind of gather the word. And to me, instead of pointing the spotlight towards Europe where anti-Semitism still exists up till today, where Jewish cemeteries are getting desecrated today when Jews are getting attacked in France and in Germany and other countries today to start talking about Iran because you have a political score to settle. This is not the time to do this and to deflect. The other thing and I'm going to tell you something from not from myself, but also from the Israeli media itself, really from writers uh, like Gideon Levy and others saying like, okay, we recognize this, but there are issues because the other thing that uh, Benjamin Netanyahu who's trying to deflect from is the ICC That's is race. Right. Basically, uh, international criminal hacking, the international criminal court because right. Palestinians are bringing cases against Israel and trying to say basically that any pending decision or something with the ICC, then the ICC basically, and it's, uh, it's foundation. It's uh, judges and whatever they are anti semites if they Hear cases against Israel. I mean, this is this is another thing that he is also trying to spin right during these happenings. So you have the targeting Iran is one and then the other one is targeting the ICC, which is a shame because this should be a gathering for remembrance for honoring the memory of those who have perished uh, during the horrific events and reminding those European leaders that Hey, you have an issue in your own countries. You have created these issues, and you have to settle them now. And they're because, still there. because they're still there. So this is basically one thing that I saw. I mean, this is my not just my opinion, but others. The other thing is there are other deals. You talk about a deal that is going on. Is it true? Is and, there a deal and, going and on? There are. It's strong indications. Let's put, put it this way. Strong indications and leaks from the Israeli uh, government itself that Pence, the vice president of the United States, uh, during meetings with Benjamin Netanyahu, that they are now working out the final details to basically invite Benjamin Netanyahu to the White House in the coming. I wouldn't say a few weeks, maybe even a few days
0: during the middle of the impeachment hearings during the middle of the impeachment hearings and also
1: when Benjamin Netanyahu has his own issues, right? Right, He's indicted. And from what I heard, and I cannot uh, reveal my sources, but I heard very strong arguments that the so-called deal of the century. And by the way, I should say Benjamin Netanyahu. Invited to the White House, zero Palestinian representatives. Wait, wait
0: a minute. Let's get will be invited. So let's get this straight. You're actually implying that Benjamin Netanyahu will come to the White House to sign the deal of the century, the the Palestinian-Israeli peace deal, and there will be no Palestinians? No Palestinians. That's why I'm calling calling
1: our talk the deal of se- of the century without Palestinians. So my sources and probably now it maybe not even sources because it might be already uh, outside uh, out there in in the news but you have basically just an invitation pending invitation I don't know if this is going to happen in the next few days or maybe in the very near future I don't think it's going to be many 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 months or many uh, weeks we don't have to wait for this, because Benjamin Netanyahu is in a rush and he, he is rushing before the March deadline that he has that basically that now Donald Trump is ready for the deal is ready to basically unveil the, the details of the deal of the century in a White House ceremony with no Palestinians, no Palestinians and basically saying, This is what we have. This is what we have decided, just like this is the unilateral decision which uh, Donald Trump has unveiled the decision to move the U. S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. The decision to recognize that Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. The decision to annex the Golan, the Syrian Golan Heights to Israel,
0: the decision about the settlements. and, And
1: so this will be the decision basically to say, you know what? These are the. These are the rules. These are the new rules. Well, I I think we have.
0: I I think that's um, if that happens, Jamal, if they decide to bring Benjamin Netanyahu at this particular time, at this particular moment, it makes perfect sense. Politically, Donald Trump is in the middle of an impeachment hearing so they can the outrage uh, against this deal of the century involving no negotiations with the main stakeholders, Palestinians. The fact that Donald Trump is being, you know, confronted with an impeachment hearing, the fact that Benjamin Netanyahu is indicted and in and facing yet another election and possible arrest if he can't get the Knesset to give him immunity. It seems like the perfect timing politically for Donald Trump and Benjamin Netanyahu and Jared Kushner to push forward the deal of the century and nobody will care and nobody will say anything because everybody's mind is somewhere else. It seems like it's perfect timing. You're listening to Arab talk on KPOO 89.5 FM. We're broadcasting live from San Francisco, also broadcasting live on Facebook live at Jamal Dejani too. And um, Jamal, maybe this is political to the nth degree, maybe you could argue it's perfect timing for Donald Trump and Benjamin Netanyahu. It is a perfect timing
1: for both of them. Uh, Mark my words, Benjamin Netanyahu will be coming to Washington, maybe even as early as next week to unveil Donald Trump's slash Kushner's deal of the century. And it's going to be on the same day that the Israeli Knesset will be holding a hearing to set up a committee to discuss Netanyahu's immunity request. And of course, without inviting any Palestinians.
0: Well, this has been the Israeli plan from the very beginning. Jamal, we know that the Israeli plan from the very beginning is not to involve Palestinians in the peace process. To be honest, even going back as far as 1993 with the Oslo agreements. The Palestinian involvement was always done symbolically. There was never any real engagement with the Palestinians for a genuine priest process. We found that out the hard way because 20 plus years after the Oslo agreement, more Palestinian land is stolen, more Palestinians are dispossessed, more settlements are being built, economic devastation in Gaza continues. So why not just put this whole uh, charade? Uh, on paper and say this is the grand deal of the century. I think, Jamal, politically the timing makes sense because I'm not sure people are paying attention. Do you actually believe outside of the outside of Europe, outside of the Arab world, outside of, you know, just people who are more politically, you know, understanding of what's happening in Palestine? Do you think Americans are going to care about this? uh, This presentation? Well, I think uh, he's really
1: playing to one audience, and he's playing to the audience, the supporters of Israel, which is basically part of the well, the whole, Christian evangelicals. Yeah, the whole evangelicals and a and a, a, a large uh, number of the Jewish community, even though uh, many of them. Uh, are fighting against Donald Trump and they see that he has anti-Semitic tendencies tendencies well let's put it this way are being very generous and nevertheless there is still a a, a number uh, of supporters and of course major donors like Sheldon Adelson and and others so this will be the perfect time because Donald Trump has went out of his way to say in many occasions, if you don't support Israel, you're really a traitor. You know, he was like challenging even Jewish Americans who don't support Israeli positions on on the occupation and and so forth. So this is an opportunity for him. Again, part of this whole razzle and dazzle and deflection to create this whole new Uh, or or to reposition the spotlights at one issue. So people stop talking about the impeachment hearings because, you know, we know the result. They're gonna say, Okay, we're done. Uh, He didn't get the vote. He he remains, even though he's an impeached president, he's gonna remain in office and now to move the people or the media to start talking about you know, his deal of the century, No, they're going to talk about the elections. the deal of the century. I don't think they're going to even talk about it. Well, I think this is a component because Donald Trump has. And and this is what the dangerous part, because I support you. You're absolutely right. Donald Donald maybe has more than 50% of winning. And why? Because number one, the economy is still good. And we know the economy is stupid, right? This has been used before. So as long as the economy, yeah, we have some ups and downs in the market. But overall, the last year, Jess, the stock market has gone up by what? Over 22 percent. That's right. The interest rate low, low unemployment, low manufacturing stable. So, if you can not beat him on this, I mean, this is this is going to be one of his primary messages and he's maintaining this unless something happens in the next six months. And then after that, what else has he achieved? All these little things. Yeah, I I assassinated uh, Sulaimani, you know, or uh, we've killed the Al Qaeda uh, leader recently. I mean, ISIS leader recently, but he really doesn't have major accomplishments. But
0: Look at Jamal. He's now going to say after the impeachment in- here, let me play out the talking points for you. He won't be removed by the Senate. So the first thing Donald Trump will say, I'm vindicated. I didn't do anything wrong. It was a perfect phone call. The Senate has vindicated me. He's going to say that even though he's still impeached, he will declare it a victory Number two, he will say, I brought peace to the Middle East. I'm the only president in the history of the universe. I'm the greatest president. Only I, Donald Trump, could bring peace to the Middle East, and then that's what he's going to do until November twenty. And he's going to say, "I fulfilled on promises that other
1: uh, candidates or presidents Obama broke. couldn't bring peace." Not only this, <laughs> I promised to move the embassy to Jerusalem. Yeah. I promised to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. I did that. All other presidents before that waffled on these promises. So his core base.
0: Right, they they're going to love, love him, but I have a difficult, and they're going and 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 he's going to rally the troops. But I have a really interesting political question for you. Yeah, secretly, a lot of the Democrats who don't have the courage to legitimately criticize Israel for its ethnic cleansing of Palestinians, its illegal, unethical, and murderous behavior in Gaza the Democratic candidates who continue to say Israel has a right to defend itself, otherwise known as Israel has the right to murder Palestinians. Once this peace deal is signed, do you think any of the Democratic presidential candidates minus Bernie Sanders will have the courage to confront this as a complete farce in terms of they're going to be on board with it, Jamal, and this is going to make it even a bigger political win for
1: Donald Trump no one will confront this because they have not confronted it and aside from bernie sanders and i'm sorry to say for those people who say well yeah bernie sanders have said he hasn't he he kind of uh, had the bare minimum he said the minimum because he actually Bernie Sanders never criticizes Israel he criticizes Benjamin Netanyahu that's right he focuses like Azef Gantz, for example should he get get elected as prime minister is better than Benjamin Netanyahu he's not talking about the uh, usurping uh, of palestinian land He's not talking about the apartheid conditions that palestinians have have, have have to live under he's not talking about the yeah he did talk about the siege in gaza uh, which by by the way, uh, the um, Haaretz uh, journalist, Israeli journalist, Gideon Levy, wrote actually a very good uh, editorial saying to the leaders, the world leaders who gathered in Jerusalem for the Holocaust, inviting them to go to Gaza. He said, Okay, now, now, maybe you should also talk about let's 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 let's, let's if you were going to talk about atrocities, let's also go and, and visit Gaza. Of course, none of them. Uh, is going to go there. So it's this is not going kind of like this is not happening in a, in a vacuum.
0: No, but this is why I think it's kind of uh, politically it, the political timing could not be better. Jamal I hate to say this, but to bring Benjamin Netanyahu now in the middle of the impeachment hearing to sign the deal after next week, the impeachment hearings will be done. They won't go more than no, two yeah. weeks. And then Donald Trump said, I told you it was a perfect discussion. Perfect phone call. I'm vindicated. Mueller vindicated me, which was a lie. The Senate vindicated me, which is only half true. I brought peace to the Middle East. I'm the greatest. Yeah, I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen. It is going to be a big thing because also Donald
1: Trump has made promises. He pretty much has delivered at least on most of these promises. He delivered on the promise of moving the embassy. He delivered on the promise of uh, uh, recognizing Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. He uh, he you could say he delivered on the economy because he used to say, I'm going to make America make America great again. People also view this like, oh, we have a great economy. Then he made America great again, and then he promised to come with a piece of the century, and they've been pushing it away and postponing it. So now, so until he has to deliver on this now because, because that would be the last promise basically that he hasn't fulfilled.
0: Well, don't forget about the wall. Well, according to him, he's so, building the wall. Right. According to reality, uh, by,
1: you know, but at he's least not. I think they've built what I saw maximum and repaired 30 miles, which is nonsense. Nothing, you know, we have almost 3,000 mile border. And at the cost of read some crazy thing, just like 30 million dollars no, a billion. mile. No, oh, no a mil- million, million dollars a mile. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he'll be able to say, Yeah, here, where it's ongoing, give me four more years and I'll complete it. And other things, the travel ban. Now he's expanding on the travel ban, adding more countries. Kyrgyzstan. And today they said also they're going to be banning pregnant women. Did you hear that yeah, I did. from coming to the United States? So also the baby ban—I call it the. There's the
0: Muslim ban, and
1: then there is the baby ban.
0: Well, the 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 brown ban—we would call it the brown baby ban because uh, whether or not they're going to ban uh, not you know European women or give pregnancy tests to European women, we'll see. Um, I'm kind of surprised that you're now agreeing with me to say that there's more than a 50 50 chance.
1: Yeah, there is. There is that Donald Trump will get reelected. Yeah, because all the moves that I've been seeing and the counterproductive acts and the Hillary Clinton statement and I don't know what else is going to come out in the next few days. And I don't see a strategy for defeating Donald Trump in the. Basically, well, here's the, the key other thing. St- key states. They're talking about numbers. Yeah, sure. Well, another thing I'll add to your your uh, conversation is that, yeah, Donald Trump will win, but he'll lose the popular vote. Again. So what? He'll he'll lose that. So I don't see a strategy about winning the electoral vote and the battleground states. I don't. Either. So if we don't see a strategy, instead of trying to weaken, uh, you know, uh, Bernie Sanders and 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 cannibalize each others, uh, you know, and then last minute. I mean, this doesn't make sense to me. Bloomberg jumps in the race just because he's a billionaire. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna run for president. I'm gonna say I'm gonna throw a few billion dollars uh, in, into the race. And he is. It's
0: not a few billion, man. It's many billion. Yeah. Of dollars.
1: And instead of saying, well, well, we're gonna have a strong strategy. Maybe I'll put my money into the key battle states to help the leading candidate.
0: You know, do you think he's gonna get the nomination? Bloomberg? No, no, but he is ironically fifth in the polls right now. So you have just to let our listeners know in terms of the polls. Number one is Bernie Sanders, then Joe Biden. Uh, After that is Elizabeth Warren. Then Pete Buttigieg is number four and then Michael fricking Bloomberg is the fifth in the national polls. Now, if you watch any TV or any sports or anything on the, you know, at the peak watching hours, you're going to be nauseated because every night on every channel, whether it's cable or mainstream, you're going to see the same fricking Michael Bloomberg uh, commercial. And apparently it's taking hold, Jamal and even Tom Steyer the second billionaire, uh, you know, in the running, his numbers keep going up.
1: Well, If you throw millions and billions. billions.
0: So I, I think that here's the way I see it happening. Unfortunately, Biden still leads among African Americans. He he still he has the solid support of African Americans. So in South Carolina, after Iowa, after New Hampshire, when it comes down to South Carolina, you know, Biden will win South Carolina. When they come to Nevada, it's going to become very interesting. It all bets are off. It's you know, Bernie Sanders could easily win, nor uh, could easily win Nevada. What you're headed for, Jamal, is a brokered convention for the Democrats, which means they go to the convention, no one has enough, uh, you know, enough delegates to actually get the nomination, and then they fight it out. And that's when I fear, Jamal that the Democrats will cannibalize each other, will attack each other because, you know, we still haven't talked about the elephant in the room, why they're attacking Bernie Sanders. They're attacking Bernie Sanders because he has very, again, except for Palestine, by and large, very progressive policies. And Michael Bloomberg, Pete Buttigieg, uh, Joe Biden. They want to keep the status quo. They're repeating the Hillary Clinton mistake, Jamal, of alienating all That's of that. That's why I'm on your side. <laughs> the more I see this
1: happening, I am having, I'm, I'm having an epiphany, deja vu all over again, all over again. Looking at Hillary instead of like staying silent, which is what she needs. We to don't do. need her to help. We don't win. The- but she's like all of a sudden first statement she makes after many months. Nobody likes Bernie. Nobody likes Bernie. Uh, he hasn't accomplished anything in the Senate. Then I say, Well, just is right. They're throwing him under the bus again, again again. And she did that before and she lost. She threw him under the bus. Not only her, the whole Democratic machine didn't want didn't want to receive his help and pretended that he worked against her. By the way, I, I saw that in other interviews, right? Even though uh, Bernie Sanders and his people offered to help her in the g- whole grassroots kind of movement. They said, We don't need you. They were we got everything under yeah, control. They refused it. Then later on, she was saying that no, he did not uh, extend himself. Now she's saying he's a he's basically a bad guy. Don't vote for him. So I'm with you on this thing. If, if this continues, if this is the attitude. The Democrats are basically committing suicide. They are. That's what they're doing. And so uh,
0: a couple of things. Michael Bloomberg cannot win just to let everybody. Yeah, know. well, but he has the money to help the no, but Bernie he, Sanders has he, the money to help but other he, candidates he himself cannot win. The New York Times today gave their endor. this week gave their endorsements for president. It's not Bernie Sanders. It's not Joe Biden. It's not Pete Buttigieg. They split their uh, nominations. They split their opinion between Elizabeth Warren and Amy Klobuchar. I found I found this very weird. I mean, just kind
1: of like, okay, is this a popularity contest? Is this kind of a, a have, Did they do this because they didn't want to commit to the front runners? And this was the safe way. We will pick the only two women, even though they are not placed first or second uh well i can say like uh, uh elizabeth warren but uh amy uh klobuchar
0: she's like what fifth sixth seventh she has like 2 3% well here's what i think amy klobuchar represents she represents middle of the road middle america you know, every she's everybody's good. She's the middle of the road Democrat. She's a traditional middle of the road. Democrat it's a lame,
1: lame. It's a lame endorsement.
0: Yes. And Elizabeth Warren representing the progress progressive elements of the Democratic. We Party. have uh, three, four minutes only left. a few yes. minutes left. I just want to give a quick update
1: to our listeners because we should also dedicate a whole show talking about Lebanon. And then so after weeks of nationwide yeah, protests. We'll which brought down the uh, Prime Minister Saad al-Hariri and his government. We have a new Prime Minister. So finally, uh, and of course, we know Saad al-Hariri was supported by Saudi Arabia and uh, the the president of uh, Lebanon, Michel Aoun tapped uh, Hassan Diab, uh, who is relatively unknown. He's an unknown university professor. But he and represents a different
0: political and, and, party.
1: And, and so uh, he's now the new prime minister. He formed a, a new government. But and they're then, still rioting in the streets. They're still rioting in the streets. And then uh, to uh, yesterday, I think uh, the Trump administration basically said that they'll probably be cutting off aid. Smart move to the new government because they have concerns that uh, about Hezbollah's influence breaking news. uh, Trump administration Because they think that uh, the new prime minister is kind of like in the camp of Hezbollah
0: breaking news. Nothing has changed in Lebanon. So to say you're going to take away the money, the chairs have changed, but the main political forces have not. We'll, we'll we'll talk more about Lebanon. So this is this is, by the way, is
1: actually a very dangerous game that the United States now because, in, you know, Lebanon it's, doesn't receive a lot of money from the United States. No, but it's going to send a message. But it, it has a very weak government and most of the money that Lebanon uh, has received recently was in the in, in the form of military aid, second, third generation. Weapons, giving them. Last time I saw uh, that the Lebanese Air Force received like uh, propeller. I'm not joking, like propeller uh, fighter jet fighters. I can call them jets because they have propellers. Reminder of like World War II. It's funny. So, so these were like some of those planes, and then they received like light weapons to basically control the crowds and whatever. So now they're gonna cut off aid. What do you think Lebanon is going to be receiving support from?
0: Well, on that bombshell, they're going to be receiving aid from Russia and from Iran. That's it, exactly. And and on that bombshell, we want to thank you for listening to Arab Talk here at KPOO San Francisco, 89.5 FM. Watch us on Facebook Live, Jamal Dajani, Two, Check out our website with all of our podcasts, ArabTalkRadio.com. We'll see you next week.